Welcome to The Frontline with FPM, where we talk about California politics, homeschool freedom, parental rights, and the family. I'm your host, Nathan Pierce, and thanks for joining us today. Let's jump right in and see what's going on here on The Frontline. Well, hi folks, it's uh, Friday, the... Oh boy, what is it? It's it's the 25th already, um, 26th of uh, 26th of May, and we are uh, in the thick of legislation still. As you know, it's been a busy year, and it is not really letting up. Uh, we have dealt with all kinds of legislation so far this year, as you know. Uh, today, I'm going to give updates on AB 659, the HPV vaccine bill, uh, AB 816, the medical. Uh, consent to care for minors, uh, AB uh, 665, the uh, minor consent to mental health care uh, bills. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about those, but um, as we have had a number of victories in legislation this year already, which is excellent, um, I'm super grateful for that, we still have more to deal with. So let's jump right into that. Uh, after legislation, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Homeschool Freedom Day in San Diego, which we just had. So I'll give you a recap on that, as well as um, some other resources that are uh, available and coming up soon. So jumping into legislation, I want to just start with AB 659, which is that HPV vaccine bill. It is continuing to move through the legislature, and uh, it was just amended this last week. And the amendment uh, is 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 a good direction. Um, there's still a number of issues with the bill that people are working on, and um, I think that uh, it's certainly not something I would support, but I am grateful for them amending a portion of it. And so I have a positive word about this bill um, being less bad than it was, but I also have cautions uh, to, to caution you with. And so 659, that's the uh, bill that requires HPV vaccines for kids in eighth grade. Entering the eighth grade, it requires schools to give a notice to parents saying they have to, um, they have to do uh, the, have the HPV vaccine prior to enrollment in the eighth grade. However, there is no um, means of, um, of enforcement for for this bill for the HPV vaccine in the high school arena. However, um, there is another portion of the bill that deals with colleges and requiring uh, requiring the HPV vaccine for colleges if you want to join a uh, enroll in a in a, one of the California state uh, colleges. So uh, definitely something to be aware of uh, that is dealt with in this bill is the the college aspect of it. I'm not dealing with that. Um, I think other people are, are definitely dealing with that. But as far as education in the K through 12 arena, I obviously have concerns about any time that the government says we are going to force this medical decision on you. We don't think that you're capable of making this decision on your own. And um, like any medical decision, those medical decisions should be, remain with the individual that's being impacted, or if it's a, a minor uh, being uh, in question, we're, we're talking about a person 
that is under the authority of their parents still or guardian and in that case uh, it's the responsibility of the parent or guardian to make uh, in, uh, decisions in the best interest of the child and that has long been the standard for making decisions on medical care and other things and so we need to recognize that AB 659 goes against that principle and so it's not a good direction for the state. Uh, we do have to acknowledge that they have accepted an amendment to exclude uh, in order to make AB 659 consistent with other vaccine requirements through for K-12 education, they have excluded uh, private uh, home, home-based private school students from the requirements of AB 659. So what that means is that just like homeschool, private homeschool students are exempted from the other vaccine requirements for, for schools, uh, this bill also would make it so that the HPV vaccine is required for, for students in schools except for privately homeschooled students. So um, that is a, a step in, I guess, the right direction for protecting the rights of private homeschool families. However, it is a big step towards invasive government takeover of medical decisions for the family and for minors. So it's something that's very concerning. It's still um, a bill that does go after parental rights. It goes after um, human rights, hu people being allowed to make their own medical decisions and saying, no, it's the government's responsibility to make medical decisions on behalf of California citizens. And that is a wrong way to go about making government policy and so AB 659 is still definitely problematic um, and it's going in the wrong direction. And uh, I would encourage you to voice your opinion to your state uh, legislator on this. Now, AB 659 is, uh, has, has come out of uh, the, the health committee in the assembly and will be moving through um, other other parts of the legislative process as it goes through. So remember, every time that it goes up against a vote, it's an opportunity for a bill to either be amended or to die or to get passed to the next level. So keep that in, in your mind as you consider what bills to take action on. This is definitely one that uh, merits your attention. And so we'll definitely include a link to how, what specific action uh, would be appropriate at this time. So next is um, our, our next bill, AB 816, has to do with medical, uh, medical care and minors being able to make their own decisions. 816 is um, by Haney, and it would authorize a minor who is 16 years old or older to consent to the replacement narcotic abuse treatment that uses... Um, these medicines without the parent or guardian's consent. And so it's essentially allowing uh, minors to get access to medications without their parents' knowledge or consent in dealing with drug addictions and abuse of drugs. So um, this bill is problematic because, again, it goes after parental rights and allows the government 
to insert itself into the relationship between a parent and their child so that a child can um, get access to certain medications without their parents knowing about it. It's a dangerous precedent. It's not, um, it's a dangerous precedent for future decisions that the government could make intruding into our lives. And I want to mention a couple of things on that in a second, but by itself, it's also a problem. It's, it's immediately going to have an impact on relationships in families where children uh, should be engaged with their parents on these topics and parents should be engaged with their children on these topics and um, and they should make these decisions together. Parents should be in the driver's seat on making these medical decisions for their children and I think that this this bill by itself will have an immediate negative impact on our state. Now I mentioned the the future as well and I think it sets a dangerous precedent for those other uh, medical related services that a child could maybe in the future if something else gets added on um, this could uh, easily very easily pave the way for many other medical services to be uh, made available to minors without their parents knowledge or consent and that's a very dangerous thing as well so this uh, bill AB 816 is a dangerous threat to the family to parental rights to the relationship between parents and children. Then uh, lastly, I want to mention um, AB 665, which deals with mental health services, um, dealing with children down to the age of 12 being allowed to consent to care without their parents' knowledge. And um, this, this bill uh, circumvents parents or, and guardians when making decisions about a child's mental health care services and allows a minor to consent to care um, without their parents' knowledge or consent. And it's, and it's again, it's the same kind of thing, only it even goes to a, a lower age. Now, these are both really dangerous precedents for, for parental rights and for making medical decisions for children. What does this have to do with homeschooling? Um, now, if you if re, you recall homeschool, the basic principles that the basic pillars on which homeschooling stands is uh, is the the principles of parental rights and the principles of religious freedom. Those are the basic principles that have defended and protected in court the right of parents to homeschool. And this is going at the very base of one of these pillars, and that is the parental rights issue. And so we need to be very aware about how interconnected these bills are with the issue of homeschooling and the, the freedom uh, that holds up the freedom to homeschool, and that is parental rights and religious freedom. So we need to be uh, vigilant to protect these, these, um, these rights of parents, but also the, the authority of that sphere of government, the parents, the family, and really, that portion of society, um, it's important to remember that even since the beginning of our nation and before, the, the, the recognized core or center uh, building block for society has been individual families. And that is essential to maintain that in order for us to keep our freedom in all areas of life. And so the more our family the family is undermined in 
our society today, the more we'll see our freedoms getting uh, frittered away. We will see our freedoms being deleted left and right as we allow the family to be undermined in its authority. So be very aware of that. And again, we will um, definitely put in some some links of what, what are the next steps for these three bills. AB 659, AB 816, and AB 665. So moving on from that, I want to touch on a couple of things. One is the HFD recap. Uh, that is our Homeschool Freedom Day San Diego, which took place on the 20th of, of this month. Um, and it was a very successful event. I'm really grateful for the folks that put their energies into making this event happen, uh, for all the sponsors that uh, made it happen. And um, I'll talk about that in a minute. And then the event itself and how how smoothly that it ran and the the uh, education and the training that took place there was was really excellent we we debuted a couple of new things there um in addition to uh releasing the latest edition of the advocacy book from our office we also had two new aspects to our advocacy training one was a uh, district visit guide along with a district visit demo and uh, this is our district visit guide that we used for our demonstrations um, it talks about how to the wrong way to answer questions and and run a meeting at a district office or a capital office and the right way to do it and um, I think that this this method that we used at HFD San Diego was um, very well well received and it really helped people uh, grasp not only how easy a visit is to make, how, um, how smooth it can run, but also how important it is to recognize that legislators and their staff are people and that we need to engage with them as people and not to be fearful um, and, and overwhelmed that we can't, we can't do this. Um, it helps to really uh, allow people to see how easy it is, how important it is, but also how real these people are and how they need to hear from us. So I think that was really helpful. And I'm uh, grateful for those volunteers that, that uh, participated in uh, the, uh, the demo of uh, doing these visits and how to answer questions uh, right and how to, how to steer away from certain ways of answering questions and steer towards um, just building relationships with legislators and their staff. So that was really a really great uh, piece of, of Homeschool Freedom Day that uh, we'll be uh, doing again in the future, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, another aspect of it was that we had, uh, my wife Betsy actually did a segment of our Homeschool Freedom Day where she talked about what if you can't actually go do a district visit for whatever reason, or maybe you can't go to Capital Day but you want to be engaged somehow, what do you do? And she talked about a number of things. Uh, we'll be doing an article on this soon about what can you do if you can't go. And um, she talked about being a sender. Uh, and if you can't actually go to an office, which there are legitimate reasons why you can't, uh, maybe you can partner with somebody else to encourage someone else to go and, and still be involved in advocating for 
private homeschool freedoms. And so I think that was a really, that, that one was also well received. We got some great positive feedback on that, things that uh, people said they had never thought of before. And I, I think that was really helpful. So again, we'll, we'll be giving more information out on that in the future. And um, as far as uh, the, the recap goes, I, I wanted to definitely mention that we really appreciated our, um, our sponsors, and I'm going to um, just mention some of them uh, right now, make sure that uh, I have the, the latest information on that. So the, the sponsors that I want to uh, absolutely highlight uh, that made helped make uh, Homeschool Freedom Day San Diego happen were um, Classical Conversations, IPS, which is uh, Institute for Bibli uh, Principal Studies, Institute for Principal Studies, uh, Cedarville University, BJU Press Homeschool, and IEW, Institute for Excellence in Writing. I want to say thank you to those sponsors for making our event happen and for allowing us to um, cover some of the cost to this event. Uh, it's definitely something this Homeschool Freedom Day is an event that we feel is, is so vital because we're training people to engage in advocacy because we can't do it by ourselves. So we're trying to multiply our efforts by training others to be involved in advocacy. We have 40 million people in California and so few people are engaged in advocating for private homeschool freedom. So we need more people involved and these vendors, these these sponsors really helped to make this possible at Homeschool Freedom Day San Diego. So thank you so much. Thank you, Classical Conversations. Thank you, uh, IPS Institute for Principal Studies. Thank you, Cedarville University. And thank you, BJU Press Homeschool. Thank you, IEW. Uh, we really appreciate you helping make this happen. Finally, I want to mention uh, one other possible... Uh, Thing that could help you and your family, and that is our government class. We uh, have started teaching a government class, uh, started about a year ago, where we teach in our office government class, and this goes over government and economics, high school level. It's a very rigorous course. Um, we teach it in one, a little more than one semester. It's August through January, and the reason that I'm doing it in August through January is because after January, things just get so hectic with legislation that I cannot manage to teach a class during that time. So, but we can do it during August through January. And this is, um, it's an in-person class here, but we are also opening it up to online students as well this coming, uh, this coming fall. So if you're interested in that, uh, the focus of this class is to make sure that we cover the basics of high school government high school economics, but also make sure that students get those subjects from a distinctly Christian worldview and also have a good understanding of how they can personally make a difference in impacting policy in the state of California and in our nation's government. So it's a thorough look at government and economics at the high school level, plus there's how you can personally make a difference in these areas. So uh, check it out on our website. Uh, you can visit fpmca.org class and see information about our government class there. And uh, we'd love to have you join us this fall. 
Uh, it will be uh, available both in person and online. If you're interested in doing it via uh, Zoom, it'll at least be better than just using a textbook if you don't have access to someone actually teaching these things. And again, that focus is going to be on engaging in our state and federal governments. And you will learn specifically how to make a difference. So that's it for today. Thanks so much. Uh, we will talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Frontline with FPM. For more information about the topics we discuss here, check out Family Protection Ministries at fpmca.org and subscribe to our channel.